All right. So today we're going to talk about a few different things, but we're going to talk about the body of Christ and um, and how we're united together, how Jesus brought all that about, and um, in a way. So we are going to, I'm just going to jump in. I'm doing it, um, I'll just, we're family, so I'll just be honest with you as family. So I'm doing it a little different today. Like usually I have my sermon like all written out and I'm like almost reading from it because I'm learning and and um, it just wasn't working for me to do it that way this time. And so um, I really, the Lord just led me to do an outline and just kind of go with it. And so I've got some notes. So hopefully our, yeah. It's Holy Spirit take the wheel moment this morning, which is the way it should be anyways. But um, so I'm just trusting the Lord to, to take me along in this. And so hopefully it'll, I think it'll all come together. Well, I trust the Holy Spirit to bring it all together. So, okay. So let's, um, we're going to start in the beginning, Genesis. Um, so on a couple of my slides, I forgot to change the reference at the top. So this section of passage is actually um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. Um, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the, li- over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And we'll go on to um, actual Genesis 2, 20 to 24. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So from the very beginning, God created Adam and Eve. He created male and female. Um, He created both of them in his own image. So they're equal. They're created in his image, and they're both given the same image. Blessing and mandate, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it, rule over it. So in the garden, um, Adam and Eve, um, they're equal. There was no hierarchy. Um, Then we come to the fall, and we know Adam and Eve, um, they ate the fruit of the garden, and um, so it gets to the point in, um, sorry, this one I had the wrong reference again, too. It's Genesis three sixteen to 19. And um, uh, G- or God is talking to them and saying, um, what's going to happen now that they've sinned? And so I'm going to read that. Uh, to the woman, he said, I will make your pains and childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. 
Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken, for dust you, sorry, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Um, so here, the curse entered in. So Adam and Eve, like we've, we've talked about many times, Adam and Eve um, chose to not go under the authority of God. Um, they listened to the enemy and wanted to do things their own way. And so a curse entered the world. And because of this, um, uh, things were broken down from here on. From here on, um, Satan, you know, from the beginning, he's trying to cause division. He's trying to cause division between the first people. Um, the man and the woman. And uh, from then on, you know, we see through the New Testament, the man being the head over the woman. And um, God uses women. God uses women to, um, to do great things in the Old Testament. And they're prophets. Um, they're, you know, uh, driving tent pegs through enemies' heads um, and, and leading armies. Um, and he's using them all through. But the culture, Satan, you know, in the world is still raising up and making hierarchies. And it's not just men over women in the house, but it's also um, masters over slaves and um, the wealthy over the poor and, um, you know, the enemy is wanting to sow in that division, constantly sowing in that division. And then Jesus comes along and Jesus comes and he breaks that curse and um, he brings everybody together. That division that Satan's always trying to sow, um, Jesus has authority, you know, over Satan. And he broke that down. And, um, and so we're, um, sorry, one moment. Um, so he broke that down so that we're, we're all, uh, equal in Christ. And we're going to get to that more. So, um, in Jesus's day, um, in the Greco-Roman world, uh, philosophers like Plato and Aristotle, um, the common thought of the day was that um, women were inherently, uh, they were born, like they were less than men. They were born inherently less than men. In fact, um, I believe it was uh, Aristotle said that women were just deformed men. So women couldn't reach, you know, um, holiness or, or equal status unless they became more like men. The more you, they became like a man, um, which usually was, you know, living a celibate life. And, um, you know, the more they became like a man, the more value that they had. And so um, uh, when, excuse me, 
Um, so that's kind of, you know, a bit of, of what's going on there. Um, in the Greco-Roman world, the man um, was often, well, he was always the, he was always the head. He was the one that had the power. He was the one that had the authority. And they lived in a patron culture, which um, I think Breeze talked about before, where the, the, those that were higher up, whether it was the man, whether it was the, the master, you know, usually the men in, the, in authority, those that were poorer, the women, they had like this, the culture was... Um, it relied on this relationship um, between the those that were higher and those that were considered lower. So those the patrons, they would you know um, give benefits to those that were lower, and those that were lower would give praise and honor to those that were upper. It was like this mutual benefiting you know relationship, and so. Um, that's just kind of how the culture was. Women came into the marriage most of the time not having a lot unless they you know, came in with a large dowry. Um, some women could have power, but um, for the most part, the, women, the man had the power and the authority over them in the house. And the Roman world um, culture relied on that, um, the, that there would be... Um, order in the home, and the order was the man over the woman and then the slaves. And um, so that's kind of the, the backdrop and the story of kind of what's going on in Jesus' day, what's going on in Paul's day. And so then, um, oh, um, so then, uh, it reminded me of this movie, um, the movie Twins. I don't know if anybody remembers that movie. I'm not necessarily recommending it, but I remember it from when I was a uh, kid, and this came to mind. Um, they were two brothers. I think it was kind of a genetically engineered thing. But Arnold Schwarzenegger's character um, had all of the uh, good genes. So he was very innocent. He was strong. He, you know, had everything handsome. He had everything going for him. And um, Danny DeVito's character, he embodied everything um, bad that would be in a person. So, like, if you consider, you know, one person, the man had all, or the Arnold's character had all the good traits. Danny's character had all the bad traits. And that is what, um, how men and women were looked at in that day in the Greco-Roman world, that the men were like Arnold and had all those strong character traits, and women, they did not. They, they were lacking in their minds. So, so then Paul says in Galatians three twenty six to 28, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves in, with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. I feel like I read through this really fast, and I'm going to say it again. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. This is a revolutionary statement in that day that um, there's no divisions. You know, they would come together and worship. Um, the, 
followers of Christ that come together and worship. They sit at their table and have their meal. They have communion, and everybody is equal. The master and the slave are on equal footing. The men and the women are on equal footing. Um, there's no Jew or Gentile. There's, you know, there's, there's no division in culture. Um, they were all one, and it's that unity that Christ brings together for us. Um, they were, um, with the fullness of Christ in them, um, these followers, they were, you know, they were in these little just communities. Um, they were bringing justice in this quiet way. They were showing an example of God's justice and the way that um, they were supposed to be. It was bringing people back. Jesus brought um, his body back to the way it was in the garden, back to that unity, back to, um, because the curse was broken, back to um, being one and being on that equal standing together. Um, I'm going to take a drink. Also reminded me of this picture that I've seen before of the um, this is about a boss and a leader, but it's the same thing. Because at the top, that's kind of how the world was. There was the, this authority, this boss up above, and then you have the others pulling down below. But Jesus came and, uh, and made us all on that equal standing that we're leading in our gifts and we're all going across and pulling together. I think it is on the bottom there. Um, so Paul is working within the culture, um, the, in this world, because of the way it was set up, um, they, the authorities would really crack down on any, um, sex or cults that were deviating from what the Roman authorities, um, had set up for the household codes and how that was supposed to be. So Paul was working within that. He wasn't um, a revolutionary that was, you know, in, he wasn't out there trying to picket and upset the system. He was working within this system. Just as if I went to the Middle East today and, uh, you know, um, to share the gospel, I wouldn't go in and try to tell all women to shrug off, you know, their um, veils, but teaching them God's love. You teach them, we're going to go into some verses here, and you work within that system and teaching that freedom within the system. Um, because what would happen if all the women just all of a sudden threw off their veils there? Well, their little churches would be shut down. People could be killed. Um, so Paul was working within the system. So just because he works within the system and uses the words of the system doesn't mean that he's in agreement with the system. So as we look at um, the Bible, we need to keep this verse in mind in the New Testament when we're looking at verses that relate to 
um, women and men and how they relate to each other in the body of Christ. Like we need to, this is what our focus should be, is that we're equal and look at other things in light of that. So let's go forward here. Um, we're going to tackle this first just a bit. Ephesians five twenty one to 33. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is important to remember at the very beginning. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Everybody in, in um, followers of Christ, everybody submitting to one another. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, for which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So Paul here, this I chose this passage because it's one of a few passages that um, are used to say that the man is head over the wife in authority, um, that women must submit to their husbands or to men, and um, and it tends to be the focus on this is out of all of this, and much of this passage is referring to Christ and the church, but also relating to husbands, but that section on wives submit to your husbands gives, is what gets the focus. And so I want to, to bring this all in a little bit. So one thing we also need to remember in here is that when, and in several verses where it says the husband is the head, Head has a wide range of meaning, and we often will think of it as authority, but that is not what is always being referred to in the Bible. In fact, um, head, the word, um, Greek word kephale, it means source or origin. And um, so Paul isn't talking about head as in authority in that way here. But what he's um, talking about is that um, is the is the body of Christ um, that we have. You know, over here he was talking about um, that we're the body, that we're the members of the body, and um, and that Christ loves us just as you know we. Back in Genesis, the husband and wife become one body. Jesus, or Paul is saying here, 
Jesus, we become that same one body with Christ. He is our head, and we become one with him. So um, uh, so sorry, one moment, lost my train of thought for a minute. Um, so bringing that um, that oneness, so he is uh, he's just trying to get across in here, and he's using the words. Um, of their culture, you know, in their culture, the husband was over the wife. So he's using what they know. He's, um, this is what they're familiar with. This is what they know. Um, so he's, he's using that, but it doesn't mean that it's prescriptive. It doesn't mean it's descriptive, you know, it's descriptive. It's telling of that time. Um, and all were called to submit. So it wasn't just the wives submitting to the husband, the husband is to love the wife as Christ loved the church. And what did Christ do for the church? He laid down his life for the church. He humbled, he came and he humbled himself. And so it's that same, it's that mutual, it's that humbling. Um, it's that being a servant of each other is what he's calling husband and wives to. It's what he's calling people of all socioeconomic classes and all cultures too, is that humbling together and becoming one body as a church um, with Christ as the head. So uh, moving on, this is something that I came across recently, and there's a few pictures I'm going to go through here, and um, I think that it kind of shows a good example of what has been taught in the church over time, and it's going to have to be another day that I kind of talk about some of the history of that in the, in the church and through the Middle Ages and how things have kind of gone up and down. Um, but this is kind of how it's been um, twisted a bit over the years, is that um, Christ is our head. He's the head of all of us. But we're, you know, we've been taught that there's Christ, and then there's the husband, and then there's the wife, and that there's this hierarchy. But Jesus came and broke down that hierarchy. You know, Jesus came and he washed the feet of his disciples, and he ate with sinners, and he talked with women, and he did all these things um, that uh, raised women up, and he broke down that hierarchy. Um, this is another one where there's Jesus, and then the pastor, and then the husband and the wife. And that is taught in a lot of churches. And um, these are all things that can be very damaging. Um, and even just like studies, I know in Australia, they're doing um, a lot of studies in um, domestic violence and abuse. And it all kind of comes to that those beliefs of the husband having the ultimate authority and the women, the woman being under and not having. And then in churches, there's times when that is abused as well, um, where that pastor has the authority over the husband. The wife is way down here and nobody is listening to her voice. And this was another one I found, which is interesting. And so it's that Christ, husband, wife. And if... Um, the argument, and I listened to a YouTube video recently that I stumbled across, 
that if women preach or if women are considered to be equal with their husband, what it does is puts the wife over the husband, which then means that Satan is over the husband. And even in this video, he's saying, if, if you have a woman preaching in your church, then Satan's in your church and leave that church as soon as possible um, because it can't possibly be God. And so there's this, there's this belief out there that, that it's not equal, it's it, like it has to be one way or the other. That if the husband isn't the head, then the wife has to be the head. And what is it if the wife is the head? You know, it's like chaos. But that's not what we're called to. This is what we're called to. Jesus is our head. He is the head of all of us. And we are co-leaders and we're, we're equal and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're brothers and sisters in Christ and that carries over to our marriages as well. It's, it's not just here, but it's also, it's throughout all of our lives, you know, it's in our marriages. When you are a single person and Christ is your head, that doesn't change when you get married. Christ is still your head. The husband doesn't come in. He's not your umbrella in between there, between you and Christ. He's not your high priest between you and Christ. Christ is your high priest. So um, you yeah, this, <laughs> so this. Um, so Jesus, he's our head. He's your head, whether you're single, whether you're married or anything. And um, yeah. And so just as I kind of skipped over one part, but um, well, no, I'll come back to that. So this is what the body looks like. Um, we have one head and that is Christ. And we are people making up the body. Um, and that's an exciting thing. And that's freedom. Ephesians four fifteen to 16. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And um, this is a long section. I'm going to take a drink of water and hang on with me through here. But it's just an important part about the body. Um, okay. So Christ is head of the church. So here we go. Just as a body, though one has many parts... But all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we can add men and women in there also. We just read that passage. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it wouldn't for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, 
but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Um, Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. This is good news. (laughs) We're all one. We're all part of the body, and we all have our role to play and our part to play, and the Spirit gives out those gifts without having favorites as he sees fit. And um, that, and that is good. That is, that is good. It's almost self-explanatory. Um, but that this, Paul is saying here, and this is what, you know, those in the church then and the church now need to hear, is that we all have our part. Those that were considered weaker back then, women, slaves, freed slaves, um, those, the poor, the sick, that they are, you know, that they are given honor, that, um, that we've all come up, that we're equal, and God uses us, and we need each other. Um, by the church, keeping women from speaking, from operating in um, fully in their gifts by just relegating them to only teaching women and children, they've, you know, over centuries has silenced half the church. And, um, and that's not what God wants. He wants us all working together, all the gifts together. Um, let's see here. Um, Acts 2, 16 to 18. Um, Peter is saying this. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Um, We are in those last days. We've been in those last days since Jesus was here. And Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In this passage, Paul is talking about um, the Jews not going back to, uh, or the believers not going back to the law or to circumcision, but to go forward in freedom. And I think that that is also applicable here and not going back to the curse. 
not going back to um, the Greco-Roman ideal of silencing um, people or having hierarchies, but that we're all one and one, one body. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to leave it there today. So just remembering that um, we need to look at Scripture when we come to other days. I'll tackle some of the other passages about um, uh, husband and wives and household codes and heads. But honestly, when you look at them, remembering this and looking at this passage and these verses where we come together, and it helps you to make a lot more sense of all of that um, because Paul was working within that system and teaching them, but he was teaching them the freedom in Christ within that. It was um, what he was working with in that time, and it wasn't prescriptive for the rest of uh, the age. We're living in that now, not yet um, that Bree talked about. And um, so we can live in that now, just like in heaven, we are all going to be equal. We are equal now, and, um, and we're going to keep walking that out until we get to the yet when Jesus comes. So let's go ahead and pray, and also pray and bless our food for potluck and stuff as well. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, that you came, that you broke the curse. We thank you that you don't have favorites and that we are all on equal standing with you. Lord, we thank you that you've made us your body, that you're our head and that you lead us. We thank you that you've given each one of us gifts. And Lord, we just ask that um, you'd show us what our giftings are, that we would be operating in our gifts, that we would encourage and appreciate one another, um, encouraging one another in our gifts, that we'd be building each other up and that we would be taking that love out beyond this, uh, the walls of this building, Lord, and showing your love to others. And we love you, Lord. You are good. Lord, I feel like we just barely scratched the surface today of talking about the freedom that you've given us in you. And Lord, I just pray that you'd continue to open our eyes and take us deeper into your word and understanding um, the freedom that you've given to us. Lord, we just uh, bless the food that has been brought today, and uh, we just bless that to our bodies for good energy. We just pray, pray blessing over our fellowship time together and um, that we would just get to know each other and continue to grow together as one family in unity. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed, and if anybody has any questions or anything, I'd be happy to talk or anything afterwards.